All right, we are in lesson 23. We got partially through question number one. Um, let me see here. Get this around here. Um, so question one was, uh, what does it mean to be in the body of Christ? We, we defined what the body was several different ways where Scripture specifically says that we as believers are the body of Christ and then also we're uh, Paul, uh, his conversion on the road to Damascus, where uh, the Lord specifically said, you're persecuting me, and Paul was persecuting the church at the time, so by inference, he was uh, persecuting Christ, that we are the body of Christ. Um, and I I don't know if we, uh, did we get to, what um, my question, what does it mean to be in the body of Christ, and how did we get there? I don't know if we got to that part. So, <laughs> the question what does it mean to be in, so the be in part, the body of Christ, and how did we get there? Oh. <laughs> Excuse me, I had to retrieve my coffee. Nobody knows how they got into Christ. You're all, it's a mystery how you got there, and even you know that you're in the body, but you have no clue how you got there. The Holy Spirit. Place. Holy Spirit. Okay. We believe. Believe by faith. Yes. You've been saved by grace through Holy faith. Spirit then takes residence. <laughs> so yeah. So the Holy Spirit. What did what did the Holy in. What did the Holy Spirit do? What's it say? He placed us into Christ. You kind of broke up. He he placed us into Christ. Yes, into he placed or baptized us into Christ. We're, we see that in First uh, Corinthians twelve, twelve and thirteen. I'll read those. For even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, through though there are many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether. Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we are all made to drink of one spirit. So uh, it's the Holy Spirit that baptizes us or places us into the body. So is every believer in the body of Christ? <laughs> I didn't think that would be a trip-up question, but uh, yes. 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 Everybody who is in Christ or is a believer is in Christ. There's no exclusion. Um, is now the question, which we'll get into a little bit in the next question, but is everyone, is everyone the same in the body of Christ? <laughs> That's probably the best answer. Are, is your mic on? I don't know. We have different, different functions within the body. So Mike's answer was yes and no. <laughs> So that's that's probably the best answer, I think. Um, and well, explain yourself. Then we'll. Well, yes, from a positional standpoint, we're all one in Christ. From a conditional standpoint, we all have different functions. It's like, it's like the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All three of them are God, but they they have taken different roles. That uh, it doesn't diminish uh, their their position as God, but they do different things. Different things, you know. And so every member of the body of Christ 
has, has been suited out by God to serve a function within the body. Right. So, yes and no. Yes, we're all in the body, but we're different functions. So, right out puts it this way. And we'll delve into much of the differences that we get into this, the question number two. Into one body. We have already seen how this is characteristic, the characteristic name of the church. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. Ephesians 4.4. 4. Here the unity of the body of the church is associated on the one hand with the one spirit who has formed it, and on the other hand with the one hope, the heavenly glory to which it is destined. The entire chapter, the 12th of 1 Corinthians, should be read as showing the relationship of the spirit to the body. Next to its unity, it's the diversity of its members and their mutual dependence the one upon the other. So again, we, we've delved into one body, but now we're going into what is that body composed of in the body of Christ. So we are all part of one body. We've said everybody, there's no exclusions to being in the body of Christ. So we're all in there. But now, oh, you have something. I'm, I'm going to go somewhere else for a minute, okay? <laughs> Wait, watch the rabbit jump to the left. Okay. The first, the first mention of being in the body of Christ is Romans 6, where it says, don't you realize you were, when you were baptized into Christ, you were baptized into his death. And you were buried with him and resurrected to newness of life. And I think it's, that's a critical aspect of being in the body of Christ because nothing of Adam goes into Christ. So therefore, it sets up the whole, the whole doctrine of, identification that as we are resurrected with Christ we're new creatures and then we function in the body of Christ as new creatures and I may have a terrific talent yeah. in Adam but it doesn't suffice me anything in in Christ because I'm gifted everybody's gifted to minister to the body of Christ so I think it's important as being a member of the body of Christ it's a whole new uh, right Creation. And, and I think it, it, a lot of that gets twisted too. I think talents and gifts. Mm -hmm. And you may have a, a, a talent that's useful in your gift, mm -hmm. but they're not synonymous that, that right. uh, uh, gifts and talents, you know, and, and it's, yeah. that's good. The separation of what the body of, of Christ is much different than the Adamic body. We were all at right. that point attached to Adam right. through the, the fleshly lineage that we have. But that's now severed at, yeah. at Romans 6. Right. And now we're entirely new, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. We're entirely new creatures. Yeah. But not, and, and when we say that, we, and that's kind of the what we're going to delve into a little bit now, we're new creatures, plural. Mm -hmm. We're all new, but we're part of one body. Right. So it's it's we're all part of one body, but we're all different. Yeah. And we have different functions. <laughs> and so uh, I guess questions I had. Do you agree with every member has a specific function? Stunned silence again. Would they leave, would the Holy Spirit leave anybody else? Wait, now, and is your mic on? I hate to say that, but for those benefiting at the... Uh... He said, does everybody have a specific function? Yes, that's the question. I say, would, would God leave anybody out? Good, good point. So the answer would be? I think they do. Okay. And so now, so any, any, any disputes on that? That we have specific functions within the body? 
The answer would be yes. We have specific functions. And, and so, um, so my lead-in question now is do this. If so, what is your function? If everybody has a function, what's your function? <laughs> I knew this was going to really have a quiet time on this one. <laughs> I suppose the Lord will tell me. Yep. Okay, any others? Is it possible to function and not really realize what it is? That's an answer. Mm -hmm. And does the function change as your age changes? That's another question that I'm going to ask. <laughs> so, do you need to know what your function is? Now, these are all corollaries that falling down through. We know we have a function. What is your function? And do you need to know it? And I think it, it all falls into what you just answered. I don't think so, because I think a lot of people function without even thinking about what their gift is. I, I agree. I don't think you need to know your function. Like, and you know, in years past, there used to be a test of your gift. You know, I remember in, in Brethren Church, you'd have there was like a 38 question, you know, and at the end of it, meet your gift of helps, you know, and that was it. And and then it, I don't know if it was like you were branded that you're now, that's the only function you can do. You can't do any of this other stuff. Ooh, you're, you tested out. You are helps. And well, you, you know what happens immediately? Like I've done those kind of personality profiles that are supposed to tell you your spiritual gift. And immediately what you start to do as soon as you think you know it is you start to try to function in the flesh. Trying to produce that work through your flesh is completely defeats the purpose, right? Absolutely. <laughs> That's, I mean, the fallacy of that, you know, at the time it sounded really cool, you know, that, ooh, I'm going to identify what I, what I am in the body of Christ. Ooh, that's cool. I know what my function is, and now I'm really going to go after it. I'm going to supercharge it. And what is all that based on? The flesh, you know. So, again, I don't think it's you need to know your function. I think a lot of times you don't know what your function is. And, and the other question, which I don't know if I got that. Uh, oh, yeah, I do have that coming up. Um, so uh, we'll look at this in, in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. These, these are some of the gifts. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the, of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. So, again, what is the function? Well, I'll, I'll break this down a little bit more. Do you, do, does your function remain the same over your earthly life? That was what you, you were saying. Does it? I mean, once you're, you're uh, uh, whatever, an evangelist, are you an evangelist forever? Is your gift? You might be. You might, be yeah. might be. Sure. Possibility. But does it mean it has to be? No, I, you know, look back to your own life. If you can do it, I mean, and, and I think you kind of said it too, as you change too, as you grow older, I think you, you've spiritually matured. There's different things that you do now. And I think that, that your gift not necessarily has to be specific. And I don't think there's any, am I correct me? I don't think there's anywhere that says that once you have the gift of evangelism, you're evangelism forever. 
I don't think there's anything that says contrary to what we're talking about no. that I, I could find. Those so. doesn't say you don't. You don't. Yeah. I mean, there, but there isn't a, an exclusion that says once you're branded, you're yeah. you're that. So either way can function. Well, I I also think that you, you, as a young believer, you might uh, be it might be apparent one gift, but as you grow, you know, you, you grow into maybe another one, mm -hmm. and as you become more involved and you know uh you can have more than one uh operating at the same time yeah that's another is is it singular no it's not i don't think so anybody on? But you're talking about you're talking about the earthly time frame but what about the millennial age and the earth the eternal state i don't think you need them. i, I don't think you need them that's right once <laughs> you're you know once we shirk these shells I don't think we need it. Do we need to have an evangelist as a as a gift in once we've stepped into eternity? No. Do we need any of the functions? Because remember what I just read, and this is what I, I underlined. What is the purpose of the gifts? The edification of the body. Focus yeah. on the body. The building up of the body of Christ. Yeah. Once we step into eternity, do we need that? No, of course not. That's also no. outside the church age. That's outside the church age, but that's also do we. Ooh, ooh. The gifts are for the body or the church. For the church body, yes. And and so I, I don't think it's Jimmy. I don't think it's an eternal one. It's it's through this lifetime to build up the body. But once but we, we step into eternity, we're all in the uh, new bodies, no sin, no sin nature, nothing. And so we're still, still part of Christ's body in the in the eternal state. Yeah. yeah, or in his body, but who's going to get any building out of it? Yeah, I was going to say, who's going to build us up? We're in his body, in his presence. Yeah. We're perfected. Yeah, well, we're if you if you read in Revelation, after the church is gone, a lot of those gifts now transfer over to Judy, the, Ju the Jewish community, and their evangelists, and their you know that they yeah. do those functions. But yeah, it's it's an earthly. Yeah. Once is. we step into eternity in our in yeah. our eternal bodies. It's not needed because we're in Christ. His presence is there. Well, and we still serve. Yeah. But it isn't It isn't a matter, I think, of a specific gift, you know. And I, I think that point, we're enjoying it. Oh, yeah. This can't is, do anything else. We, we can't do anything else but revel in, in the glory. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's, you know, that, that we're going to have a lot of work to do. I think it's just enjoying it. We're going to come to rule and reign with with him in the millennial, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's we don't need building up at that point. Yeah. No. So, Jimmy, long answer, but I don't. You know, this is through uh, this age. Once we step into eternity, I think that goes away. Um. So, other questions? Uh, answering that one, I think it may change as your conditions change or what God has for you to do at various times. Teaching, hospitality, elder, evangelist, each may vary as your spiritual maturity grows or your life condition change. Young to old, new work group, new church body, family conditions, parenting, all those things may change your, your the gift that you have and what your, what your function is in building up the body. So anybody have any concerns about that? So... Back to the specific function. Are there specific functions, and what about the un, as I get in the question, the un, uncomely parts? 
So are, there are specific functions, but what about those ones that are supposedly not the greater gifts or the ones who are, you know, lesser part of the body? Is there a lesser part of the body? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, it's it is you compare it to the human body because everything about the body is necessary to function, and maybe unseen or may not look too good, but it's still necessary. Mm -hmm. And don't look down on it. Yeah. And maybe you're the janitor functioning, cleaning the church. That's just as important as this person standing in the pulpit. Absolutely. That's a job. It, you know, and I think when you go back to like searching for your gift and things, it may be that God has a specific thing for you. I think one of the Hungry Hearts said, it may be just you're a flower along the road yeah. to give a fragrance, mm -hmm. as opposed to the guy who's up teaching or pulpit or whatever. It may be you have one specific function that you provide that is totally missed by the larger body. And that person may have a gift that they don't know, and they may be more influential in lives mm -hmm. oh. than anybody would ever know. It happens. I agree. Oh, totally. And it's functioning. It may not be out front. Right. Exactly. You know, it's, it's not a scene. Nobody gift. knows. Yeah, nobody knows. And it's you know, you know something that you work, you know, just talking about Hadley coming, you know, your grandkids talking to Hadley. Going to go to camp. Hello. You know, that's functioning as part of the body. So, I mean, all of those things may not may not be ever seen. But that's awesome. So, you know, I, I, I think there's um, it, all function is the body. It, it's like, you know, if you I was trying to think, if you have like a <laughs> what they call a bunion or something on your foot, and it, and it hurts. How's the rest of the body doing with that? Dave, Dave with his back surgery, and the back isn't really functioning too well. How's the rest of the body doing with that? We all function together as one body. I'll give you a good example. A couple of weeks ago, I get an email from him. I mentioned his name. And the guy just said, I've been praying for you today. And I needed it that day. <laughs> How did he know? Right. He just did. And he, he just wanted to tell me. It's one spirit. Yeah. One spirit that yeah. links us all together. Yeah. It's not like an individual spirit. Yeah. I mean, individually, it's in us individually, but it's one spirit. Yeah. And we've talked about the, the unity of the spirit. Yeah. The one spirit. So if one part of the body somewhere, maybe just that day, sure. the Holy Spirit said, pray for Mike. Yeah. That's, a, that's awesome. Yeah. And that shows, again, the oneness of the body. Right. You know, we've done that, too, where there's just been something you talk to somebody and it's like, or that, that we've talked about as many times, when you go to somebody and you just know something different about them, you're a believer, aren't you? Yeah. You notice something different. Mm -hmm. And so that's the, the, the oneness of the body, and yeah. that, which, which was the binder is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so I, there's, you know, going back um, to what... The, the body concept is really brought out. And it's a long passage, but I think it really sets it off. And this is 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 12 through 31. It really shows um, what this does. This is the perfect answer to this about the uncomely, 
the body, everything. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 31. For even as the body is one and yet has many members, again, one body, many members, all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we are all made to drink of one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I'm not, I'm not a hand, am I not part of the body? Is it not for this reason any the less a part of the body? And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body? Is it is not for this reason any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he desired, which is, I think, fascinating. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. The uncomely, the more necessary. And those members of the body, which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor. And our less presentable members become much more presentable. Whereas our more presentable members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to the member which lacked. So that there may be no division in the body, that the member may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administration, various kinds of tongues. All are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All are not workers of miracles, are they? All do not have gifts of healing, do they? All do not speak with tongues, do they? All do not interp interpret, do they? But earnestly desire the greater gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. Can't say it any better than that. You know, all part of a body. The lesser, is there a lesser member that's less important? No. And if we, you know, it's the old adage, you know, if we're all Charlie Browns, in the, you know, sometimes we get that in a meeting, you know, we're all Charlie Browns doing the same thing. It's not a very, not a very good uh, dynamic if we're all exactly the same. But the, the God has composed the, the body of Christ with individuals, members, each one of us. And we all have different gifts. And as we said, they may manifest itself differently as we grow spiritually. And I don't think you need to know the function. I think you just function. And the, and the Holy Spirit will direct you. And as you grow, he, he may morph you into one or two gifts or more gifts. And I may change. And it's a wonderful thought because, you know, you know, I think your body, your body changes as you grow. I think our functions change as we grow. So I think it's, you know, it, it, it's fantastic the way he put it together in this body concept. So back to the specific question. Are there specific functions? And what about the uncomely parts? Is there, does God look and say, well, you're kind of the, you're kind of the lesser. You're the uh, big toe on a, on a, on the body. Eh, we can do it without you. Is that the way God looks at it? 
No, absolutely not. No, every part of the body. So, translate that back. We are part of the body. Everyone who is a believer is a vital part of the body and being used by him. Think about that. You're a vital part of God's body here. That's awesome. Awesome. All right, right, right up puts it this way. Uh, each member has its own function, and how clear it is that each individual is here contemplated. None is so insignificant as to be omitted, and each has its place in the body according to the sovereign will of the Spirit of God. The more uncom uncomely parts are more essential, and upon them greater care has, been, has to be bestowed. So again, body concept, we're all part of it, one body, different members. So... Uh, now the question is, we've established we're all part of the body, we all have function, we all have gifts, and now, question three, what is the body of Christ for? Why are you here? Why are you part of the body? Just to be ornamental? <laughs> What is it? Why? What is the body of Christ for? Well, one one aspect to, to think about, I think, is completeness. So this idea of does the body become complete? Is it incomplete without any believer? Yeah, good question. I, you know, I guess the corollary of that is is any body part well not necessary. So if it's gone, it's okay. Right. So what is the answer to that one? No, not okay. If you think about it, obviously the answer would be it, it's, it is incomplete without every believer um, prepared beforehand, right? Our paths. And those paths make up the, um, the work of Christ through us, right? And so... If you think about your your role in the body as being necessary because God is working towards a complete organism, a total organism, and it's not a partial effort on his part. Every baptism of the Holy Spirit that introduces a new believer into the body plays a completing part in that total organism. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. So, as as a general, what, why, why, why are we here? Why are we in the body of Christ? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's part of it. But what, what is it? Yeah, you're in it, but why are you in it? Yeah, why? I why, mean, why? What's the purpose of the completing the body? Uh, what's the purpose of the body during the, this church age? Right. Maybe is probably yeah. Better question. The yeah, Christ. Bill, the. Uh, Bride of Christ. The Bride of Christ? Okay. Mm. Other thoughts? I was saying just to separate ourselves. Be sanctified, set apart? Mm. Okay. I like the way uh, right out put it. The vehicle of the Spirit for Christ's activity. I'm going to get to that. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> we are the expression of Christ to the world. That's what we're here for, is to show Christ living today through us. 
How, how does the world know about Christ? You may be the only book that read. Through his body. Yeah. <laughs> we are living his life now here. He walked on earth, now we are the living representation of Christ. We're the living instrument for him to bring forth his life to this world. That's what... Oh, somebody... Would you say that he's more here now than he was when he was here in his body? I, I think so. Okay. He was one person, one place. Yeah. We are now everywhere. I agree. I think we, we are much larger than when Christ was here by, by himself. Mm -hmm. Because we are now, we're over the entire world. He was in, you know, his part of the world for a very short period of time. I mean, that's wrong, but didn't Christ say to the apostles, you will do greater works than I do because they were going to be out there and it was going to grow and grow and grow. Well, and also the promise of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, exactly. The, the promise of what we're studying is that you will have the indwelling Holy Spirit. You will do much greater because of the numbers. And, and again, the same spirit back then is the same spirit today. And we can manifest Christ to the world. In, in any corner of the world. And that's how the function of the body now is to express Christ to a lost world. That's our function. And within it is the function of us building each other up as a body to what? To share that with the world. To be an expression of Christ to the world. Kind of a scary responsibility. Huh? <laughs> but it, yes and no. It's a life. Am I, I, it's it's not a work. No. It's, it's a life. He's got works for us. He said that he's prepared works ahead of us. Mm -hmm. But it's not a work. It's a life. So it, it shouldn't be a burden. It's an expression of our life inside of Christ. So if you're growing and you're manifesting Christ to the world, that should be a natural outcome of who you are. Not everyone else will not alone. Oh, yeah. Again, the body of Christ, we we're just saying, you know, when, when you see somebody or hear somebody, and I, I get great joy and comfort by running into believers all around the world. You know, because you're not alone. You know, when we come here in fellowship, it's awesome to have a fellowship here. You're not alone. And we're growing together. And, and that's a great comfort. So no, that's awesome. I mean, we're not alone. We're we're part of a huge body which has actually more impact than when Christ walked on on the earth. Exciting, exciting to be a part of that, and it shouldn't be a burden. It's a life. Just study the Word, and know I, the Holy Spirit, to know who you are. Yeah, Jimmy. I was just going to say, but what jumps off the page to me when I read about the body and Christ in us is the word intimacy. It's like, uh, that's another thing we really haven't discussed, but we're, we're in him and he's in us and we're in the father and we're in the body. We have, we have intimacy. What a, what a beautiful thing, intimacy with our savior, intimacy with each other in the body. And you know how incredible that, that concept is. Oh, that's no, I, just, I, I say that many times, the intimacy we have with Christ. And we read John 17 <laughs> and you really see that, the intimacy that we have with him. And, it, you know, there's all this in John 17, the real you know, Father's Prayer, the, um, whatever you call it, 
Lord's Prayer that everybody says kind of this. That's the real Lord's Prayer. And, and when you see it, it's all about unity. Unity with God, unity with Christ, and unity with his body. That is so cool. That we, you know, and then we really delve into understand we have unity with the God of the universe, the God of the universe, unity with that, unity with His Son, unity with the Spirit that binds us all together. Man, that makes your day. I, I was thinking about talking to Bob Echo a year ago about the coronavirus and and the T cells <laughs> and how the T cells are are messengers to tell the body if you if the coronavirus shows up you guys need to get up and go fight it mm -hmm. but it's interesting how the body of christ functions the same way yeah you now which of which of us are messengers that when here something happens that there's a rally going on <laughs> and there's a there's a, a recruitment to go and deal with an issue yeah you well know, wow, it's the same way amazing part of the body we, we all evolved from a slime pool, you know. We did? Yeah, oh yeah. Maybe you did. <laughs> no, it's, you know, when they do this, it's so amazing. I mean, how the oh, yeah. T-cells and everything. Oh, yeah. You know, there's, I think I've said that before, just it goes contrary to the laws of, you know, thermodynamics. It goes completely against that. that sure. You know, things tend to, from order to disorder, you can't go from one cell to just an eye and the complexity of an eye. The complexity of T cells and all that—it's we are wonderfully designed by a god. No. Yeah. Um, do you have something for you? Okay. Um, so right out puts it this way, and I was getting that the body is the vehicle. We might almost say for the spirit. So the church, as the body of Christ, is a vehicle. May we not say for the activities of Christ? Before, yeah, <laughs> let me read that again. So the church as the body of Christ is a vehicle, may we not say, for the activities of Christ. He uses the church through the indwelling spirit to perform his work in the world to represent it. As my Father sent me into the world, so I send you into the world. It is through his members that the Lord acts in saving souls and building up saints and nourishing and caring for his church. He also adds, the body suggests the link of life with the risen Lord and the grace that has so united us. It also suggests the vehicles for the activities of divine love. So if you look um, at Ephesians 6, 18 through 20, Paul states the function of the body of Christ. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in change, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So Paul basically saying the purpose is to bring forth the gospel, be a representative of Christ, be an ambassador in chains, you know, an ambassador for Christ. We are to bring forth what he says. What's an ambassador do? He says whatever he's from, you say only that. You don't say anything on your own. You say what is, is from your country. Well, we're, this is now a body. We only say what Christ told us. That's what we're supposed to do is pass on and bring forth as ambassadors of Christ everything that's true about Christ.
Interesting. So, he knew what his gifts were. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. well, I mean, he yeah. was yeah, the, the, apostle. the apostle to the Gentiles to the world yeah. and actually the one who gives us everything about we know in the body. Yeah. So we are at the closing time. So we'll get to the last couple questions um, uh, next week. Are you up next? Okay. Mike will be up next. We'll get uh, finish 23 and then start on 24. And hopefully, I think you mailed out 24. I did. So, all right, let's close. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you again just for just the <laughs> awesome design that you have, that uh, you have placed us by baptism uh, through the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. And now we are one body in Christ, all different members of it with different functions, different gifts. Um, and Father, you have uh, delighted in putting us in the body and to use us to uh, bring forth the knowledge of your son to a dark world. So we just, uh, we thank you for your design of the body of Christ with each of us as individual members. And we just, uh, we thank you for, again, the uh, unity of the spirit, the Holy Spirit that indwells each and every member of the body. And uh, we just uh, thank you again for uh, just providing that seal, that pledge uh, through the Holy Spirit that we are one body with Christ to represent Christ in, in this world. So we just, uh, we thank you for that. Just pray for... Uh, uh, Roger in the next meeting as he brings forth the word and just to prepare our hearts to receive it. And we just pray again that all that we say and do will honor and glorify you this day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.